Porky's is the definitive raunchy movie of the 80s, a good old boys movie that blew up the boys will be boys mantra and encouraged a generation of men to obnoxiously sexually harass women. And if you want to watch boys sexually harass women for two hours straight, then you can watch this movie and think it's funny. <laughs> this is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Porky's is about a group of sex-obsessed pranksters who attend Angel Beach High in Florida. And they have nothing else better to do with their time than beat each other up and go to random places and look at girls naked. <laughs> I know, and talk about sex non-stop. There's it's so much... It's not even just about horny teenagers. Yeah. Though. There's horny teachers in there, too. Yeah, well, everyone's horny. I mean, you know... The thing, there's so much about this film. It is really one of the most influential movies of the 80s, the most negatively influential movie of the 80s, I would say. Um, but, but, you know, it kind of starts in one place. You know, we do two things. One, we look back at, and see how these films are a window into the culture of the time. And I think Porky's does that. It shows what was going on with young men at the time, for sure. And they were then influenced it to a greater degree by this film. And so it is going to be a little challenging for us as women <laughs> to relate to that. But, um, you know, so I did ask my husband. And he said that he remembered at the time that it was a terrible movie. It was bad then. It was never a good movie. But it was certainly one he watched a lot and that, his, that, that, that he thought did reflect the way that guys are with guys uh, at that age. He said, you know, they do talk about sex all the time. I was like, really? Surely they don't talk about sex that much. And he was like, mm, yeah, you know, like usually if you're not having sex at that age, you are. If you're a guy, it's all you can think about. So, okay, we'll give that to you. We'll give you that all of that was, you know, at least historically accurate. I don't know how boys are today. I don't know how that compares to the conversations that they might have amongst each other today. Um, but I do know that high school guys in the 80s watched this movie together over and over and over. And part of it was because you could see boobs, right? Part of it was the idea that you could see guys like trying to have sex just like you want to have sex. Like there's all of that. The immature humor obviously plays well with those who are immature, right? So there's a lot of reasons why it worked. It was actually the fifth highest grossing film of 1982. And by the way, the pride of Canada for 24 years. It was the biggest film to come out of Canada for 24 years. <laughs> it held that top spot. Um, but, you know, the way that women are treated in the film is shocking. What was your, what was your just take on the film before we get into all of the issues with it and how it affected people? Well, knowing it within the first, like, ten minutes, number one, this was a boys' movie again. Yeah. Number two... Well, I mean, all movies are at that I time. Mean, yeah. Yes, but yes, definitely but a super boys' a dude movie. prankster. Yeah. Like, boys that like to drink and go to strip clubs just to see what they can do to screw around. Mm -hmm. Like, um... But I was just surprised that, that the women were their friends. Like, the girls yeah. were their friends. They right. were in the same group. Right. Because we constantly saw those girls. Like, at first I was like, oh, these are the annoying girls. But I was like, no, they're all over each other. Like, when they're not fighting or, like, or like pranking each other, like, Wendy's on whatever the main guy is. Like, she's, like, hu hugging him and, like, all Pee -wee. over him. No, not Pee-wee. Pee Billy, Tommy. I think Billy, like Tommy, Billy. and Pee-wee are kind of like the top three. Then there's Meat 
and I think it was Billy or something. Yeah. But she, but like she's all over him, and then he's and then he forces her to go with Pee Wee, and then she just does it. Yeah, I know. I I'm mean, just like okay, she's one of the issues uh, that we were talking about. You know, in the we we talked about this in the Caddyshack podcast. Like she's the girl who hangs with the guys. And and here's the thing. So I don't think anyone. Maybe someone like Wendy exists in the world. I'm not going to say that there's never been a Wendy in there the world. There is a Wendy, for sure. Really? Yeah. To this extent. Yeah. Being the girl that hangs with the guys, yeah, like, that's you. That's me. You know, like, we have, you know, more guys who are friends than girls, right? At least at times in our life, you know? So that part I understand. That part I'm okay with. The part where she thinks they're friends, yeah. they're not really they make crude jokes about her. They tell her to have sex with their friend on more than one occasion, even when she doesn't want to. She continues to make it clear she doesn't want to. And then when she's kind of ordered to do so, she does so reluctantly. But she does. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know if someone like that exists in the world. Then that's someone who's not a, a, a female hero of a story, you know? No. She's someone who's... Someone who has um, issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it really the way they treat Wendy. Like, she's a pal, but they're also superior to her. Yeah. And, um, and, and in creating this character, you know, it was, because this was a movie, enjoyed a lot by... By youth, you know, by, by especially boys, but also girls. It, it just sort of gave this... I mean, with Wendy and also the other girls. The other girls are constantly giggling and laughing at the pranks. When they realize that the guys are staring at them on the other side of the shower, their reaction is not a normal reaction. It is not screaming and fleeing, although the the girl who's heavy set does that. Like, they turn and look. They cover up, and then they're going to taunt them back, and they're going to laugh and uh, engage with them, right? And it, oh, this is so funny that you did this. Whatever, guys. Boys will be boys. Um, and and I think that... Inc- and and the, the, the important thing to get here, right, is that of all the characters that we see, the two, besides Pee-wee, that are engaging in that behavior are regularly, because we know this is a regular thing, are Billy and Tommy. And Billy and Tommy are the ringleaders of the group. If there is a moral center of this film, like they seem to, or at least a sane center, it seems to be these guys, right? And so they're the ones who are actually doing this. If it was Pee-wee, you'd be like, okay, he's a little shit. He's like a little loser. We're not going to take it seriously. But these are from the heroes of the story that act this way. And um, I think that is highly impactful. I think the heroes of the story would be the police officer, which I thought was the weirdest part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Is that in the end, the police officer is the hero? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, and can I... we also talk about the fact that every single person looks the same age? <laughs> like which is the not teachers 17. look the same age as the sixteen-year-olds. Right, right. I know. And he says, "I'm tw- I'm just twenty-three. You know, and you're like, oh, and all of these. High school students are definitely in their mid twenties. Yeah, you know, for sure. if not older, for sure. Um, but going back to to you know, just focusing on the way that they treated women. You know, you also have like the moment where they have the the giant condom that they blow up, and then you know, sticking the girls from behind with it. And that's something that I think if that happened today, like you'd probably laugh. It's probably not gonna 
affect your, it might, but like if you were a senator, you'd get kicked out, right? At this right. point today, it's the kind of thing that gets you fired from a job. But that I think we can look at and be like, it's not so bad. But overall, the overall thing here is that it was combining this objectification and degradation of women with fun pulling pranks. And so what we got, girls of this time, is not just the sexual harassment and the way that guys treat us. It was this obnoxious, ha-ha, joking, uh, it was just this like obnoxious treatment all the time from guys. Always making sexual jokes at our expense. Always hearing crude behavior. Always having something that was the equivalent of a giant condom being blown up and shoved in your butt, right? Like that kind of thing happened all the time. And guys thought it was hilarious. And uh, I want to take this to another scene, which is the cherry forever scene, Right? We have eight guys. I was like, I'm like, how many guys were in this? Because there were a lot of guys. And there were eight guys, I believe I counted, at the Cherry Forever scene. Right? So there's eight guys who show up to have sex with this one woman. And they line up outside the bedroom to take turns with her. Okay? Now, it's never really clear if she's a prostitute or what her job is, if this is something that she's like, I don't know if they're coming with money and showing up or if the idea was they were just told that she was willing to have sex with all of them. It's, it's unclear. Obviously it was for a prank. So those details are fuzzy. But again, as we're looking at how guys would take the messaging, that's what's important. How young viewers took the messaging. Um, you know, Pee Wee even says, let's not invite too many guys so we can each go twice. I mean, that's just literally like the woman's only function. The woman's role is just to be a mattress back. Like, that's it. She's just here to accommodate our sexual desires. And I think the reason that all three of these things are important, from the treatment of Wendy, who is a friend, to the way they all line up outside naked, you know, and that happens more than once, you know, with the, with a planning to go have sex with some girl, um, and also the way that they expect that the girls to interact with them in the shower and the way that they treat in general, it's really similar to the behavior described by Christine Blasey Ford and other women who spoke out when the uh, Supreme Court hearing was going on for Brett Kavanaugh. Like, all of these stories kept coming out of the early 80s, and Kavanaugh referenced, oh, you know, we were just kids trying to live like Caddyshack and uh, Animal House and I don't think he mentioned Fast Times, you know, but Porky's is obviously a part of that canon and it's a part of the life and it was highly influential. My doctor, who was at Yale Medical at the same time that Kavanaugh was at Yale Law, said this is how men treated women at the time. Like, they, you would go to parties and they would just like, you know, and this is one thing that uh, Kavanaugh was accused of, just like have his penis hanging out at a party, like as a joke against women, like, haha, like, you know, you're talking to someone, you don't realize that their dick's hanging out of their pants, right? Like, or put it on a platter or something like, you know, it, it, so in, you know, as you're, as you're bringing food around, like there's all these ways in which they would like punk women, I guess, to some degree out of, and think it was hysterical to do these things to women. And, and that's the atmosphere. And when I watch this movie, I'm like, yup, you can source it right back here because all of the roots of that behavior are in Porky's. Yep. Well, now you don't do that. If you, if you were to, like, whip your dick out at a party while talking to someone, you know what's going to happen? 
800 people are going to line up with phones in their hands and <laughs> flashes going off and they were they're going to print it out and put it all over the fucking school and you were going to be laughed at for the rest of your life. Yeah. Okay. So boys don't do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, Social because media we is exploit for something. it. No, because women in the 80s didn't have anything to exploit. Now we do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the power and, and girls are mean. Like guys don't understand that like girls are mean and they they run away once they find out because girls will like go in when you get a boyfriend like the girls group chat is like scary. <laughs> Cuz they will go in. You send one picture, they will go in. Mhm. Like girl like now we have all this social media where we can and we can pickpoint everything about like well, it has. It's it, You know, social media and texting and taking photos with your camera has really helped unify. I mean, it's also helped divide, but it's also helped unify um, uh, girls and friend groups to some degree because you're right, you can't get away with that. Just in the same way that guys have manipulated it to take a moment with a girl and blast it out to all their friends and slut shame her, you know, the same thing happens with guys. And so now there's more of a, uh, you, you have a power in your pocket with the phone. So you do, and I mean, you know, it used to be if your boyfriend wrote you a note, you might show your best friend, but now he texts it to you, you screenshot it. And you can send it to everyone. You can post it on your Instagram yeah. if you want to. Yeah, and I've seen you, like, you know, when, when you have friends who are, uh, especially with a guy where he's trying to lie and say, I never said that to her or, you know, this <laughs> yeah. never happened. You know, then you find you take what his story is and you compare it to your friend's story and you have to text proof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. About what they're both saying about each other. You know, let's also talk about Miss Honeywell or as they call her, Lassie. How's Lassie? Lassie's fine. She's still a virgin, but she's fine. You, on the other hand, are going to be dead if you don't tell me why they call her Lassie. The older coach keeps calling her Lassie, referring to her as a dog. And um, and it's like, oh, just take her up there, just take her up there, you know. And making fun of her for being sexually vocal. And to me, that's another example. I mean, that's another example of humiliating and degrading women. When I look at that, I'm like, these are the dumb things guys do. Like, this is so dumb. So you make a movie, and then all these teen boys mimic it for at least 20 years, making jokes about it, making fun of women being sexually vocal. Well, what are you going to get as a result of that? What's going to happen to women as a general population? They're not going to be as expressive during sex. They're not going to be able to let go and enjoy themselves as much. They're going to think, are you going to judge me for the noises that I might make while having sex? Now, I get, like, it was funny. Like, I get it. Like, I get that these things are all kind of funny and they're in a film, but it's more of like, okay, you put that in a film that becomes a hit and it gets watched over and over and together, like, what are you, what is the message you're delivering? And that is the message that it was delivering. And she's not the only one who's bullied. Pee-wee is bullied. Po- Pee-wee's bullied, bullied. Yeah. I mean, he is, again, a little shit. So, yeah. <laughs> so he deserves it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he is also about their behavior toward him, which he is... I mean, he's humiliated on various levels. And as a parent, the things that experts will tell you is, you know, the, the, the line is humiliation. Your kid does something with their friends and you, you're going to reprimand them. You know, the line is you can't humiliate them, right? Humiliation is something that especially as a kid, especially as a teen, that is the worst 
thing you could do. Like the mo, like being humiliated is you just want to. I, I mean, in if this was made today, Pee Wee would have killed himself by now. Like, Probably. <laughs> there's there's no way. But in this film. Pee Wee's a good sport. He laughs it up, you know, he tries to dish it out. He doesn't do a very good job, except for against who? Wendy, uh, with the whole Mike Hunt thing, which is hilarious. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, they humiliated him re- repeatedly with, like, you know, him running naked and just letting him go, not ever coming and going, oh, it was a joke. No, we're just going to let you run down the street. Um, they do it over and over again. And it tells young men of the 80s that that type of behavior is okay. And then they're just like, ugh, it's a joke. Ugh, can't you take a joke? I see that that behavior has grown to the point, like, where Donald Trump will say that he'll say something that he doesn't mean sarcastically. And then he'll come back. It's said in a mean way. And he means it in a mean way. And he knows that we know he means it in a mean way. But when he's called out on it, he'll say... I, it was a joke. I was joking, you know? And I feel like I, I'm not going to trace that as back to Porky's, but I'm saying, like, it is that continued behavior of, like, mistreating someone and expecting them to understand that your mean treatment of them is just funny. It's just fun. We're just having fun at your expense. Um, I don't think the writers or directors understood emotion. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably on too many drugs to understand emotion. <laughs> well, I mean, that's okay. That would also be part of the 80s is that 80s boys uh, and, and so in generations younger grew up with dads who were emotionally stilted and didn't did not encourage emotion. <laughs> so, yes, you're on to something. Uh, that that has changed for your generation, and I feel lucky for you. I feel grateful for you that you have that. See, for our generation, it's we have too much emotion. Yeah, that's true. So it sucks because we all want to die <laughs> because we feel too many things. Yeah. And we're tired of feeling them. That's true. That's a really good point. Maybe our dads like frowning at us and telling us to suck it up like uh, had had some sort of positive function in our lives um the the thing in here that i think is also detrimental to guys again not saying that porkies is the source of this ribbing but it is uh it is a major part of the storyline is teasing peewee for his small penis and that is like you know in the world of jokes even today making fun of, you know, a, a guy who drives a sports car because he has a small penis or, you know, uh, some, you, you know, muscle heads because they have a small penis, right? Like, this is something that you hear all the time as a way to take a shot at a guy. Because we don't have that many shots. That's like <laughs> our only one. Yeah. They can call us flat-chested all they want. They can mm-hmm. call us smelly pussy all they want. Uh-huh. <laughs> but once we say their dick is tiny. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. They're gone. Right. So, if no, if you don't have a muffler or your car engine is extremely fucking loud, yes, you have a three-inch <laughs> penis. <laughs> it's proven fact. Okay, so I hear that we're going to allow women to continue making small penis jokes. But what <laughs> I did want to say about that is, you know, I, okay, so I used to have this radio show that was a, it was a dating show. Uh, and at some point, you know, I made some comment about someone who had, I don't know, like some caller who'd been nasty and I made a small penis joke and I got a letter or an email from a listener who said, 
that he had a small penis. And it was, like, I say this and you think it's a joke, someone's punking me, but it was real. Like, it was a sincere letter saying, he's a guy, he has a small penis, and that when people make jokes like that, it's really hurtful because unlike women who could get a boob job or if you're overweight and maybe you could get liposuction. and there's You still... can get penis enlargement. Okay, but he was, like, mostly, mostly for men, a small penis isn't something that you can easily correct. It's just your, what you, how you are anatomically, you know? That's just who you are. And, like, and I, and I thought, you know what? Like, and I haven't made a small penis joke since then. Because, I mean, my intention is not to hurt, you know, innocent bystanders, right? Like, I don't... But want... here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Men suck. <laughs> so I don't really give a shit. <laughs> if it hurts you emotionally, then you have a small penis. <laughs> I really couldn't care less, actually. Um, yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that that story literally doesn't change one one thing in my mind. It's like I will always make a small penis joke, and like here's the thing, like just because you have a small penis doesn't make you like more emotionally like there and like doesn't make you have feelings like you're still a dick like all (laughs) men still suck like they all suck men with small penises still rape women i can't defend any man ever i don't give a shit if it hurts your feelings yeah you suck as a man because i know like you could be my best friend like my best guy friend i know you've still done some fuck shit yeah that which makes me i don't care have you done fuck shit yeah. Okay. People okay. say I have flat, I'm a flat chest all the time. You okay. don't see me crying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just asking, have you done shitty things to guys? Um, I reciprocate. Okay. <laughs> I, if you are mean to me, I will be mean to you back. Okay. I If you are not mean to me, I will not be mean to you. Okay. It is... Very simple. Okay. And a lot of people don't follow that rule. They just <laughs> like to make fun of people and be a bitch for no reason. But mine makes sense. Mm-hmm. You have to trigger me <laughs> to get me angry. That's the thing. It's because I'm like a, like a very angry person. But the thing is, is, most of the time I'm pretty happy. Like if I'm like... If I'm, like, sitting in class or something, I'll probably, like, be smiling, zoning out, like, thinking about something else. But, like, I don't have a resting bitch face. I have a smiling face. Uh Uh-huh. So if you want me to get angry, Uh I have to be triggered Mm -hmm. into doing that. I think if you ever have your own, if you decide to have your own podcast, you should call it Easily Triggered. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good. Um, okay. All right. Oh. So I will, okay, so I'll just say about the small penis, like, but the funny, the interesting thing is, is that it's men and male writers and male directors and male cast perpetuating this, you know, insult onto other men. And they also reward meat as being some hero for having some large penis. So they're Because the ones. once again, men do not have emotions <laughs> and they do not think, hmm, what if I was born with a small penis? Would people make fun of me? No, they don't think about that. They don't think fucking twice. Okay. They just do it. Okay. Okay. Right. Fair. <laughs> That's like why I don't care. All right. What were you going to say? Um, I was going to say that back to your, um, it's just a joke mm-hmm. thing. I, I think... The, the joke is now, at least me and all my fellow friends on Twitter, 
So your guys' it's just a joke is when you would say something like um, sexist, homophobic, or racist, and you didn't want to get in trouble for it. <laughs> and that's your way around it is it's a joke, take a joke. You can't take a joke, something's wrong with you. Our thing is now, like, when we're kidding, when we, ha we have to say it's a joke to either, so that, like, you won't get sad for us. Or, like, like you know how I said we all want to die, so we constantly all say, I want to kill myself. Mm -hmm. That's what every kid my age says at least once a day. <laughs> like, bet, I'll bet everything on that. Um, but when we get to the psychiatrist's office, we can't really be as open <laughs> and, you know, like as we want to be, or else we're going to get 5150s. <laughs> right, right. So you have to be like, oh, I want to kill myself. And then they're going to be like, what did you just say? What wh What are making you have these thoughts? Are you hurting yourself at home? What's going on at home? Is, are, are your, is your parents fighting? Are they getting divorced? What's happening? It's like, no, it's just a joke. It's, it's, it's just a joke. <laughs> just please stop talking. Like, it's just like, please stop talking. Like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's, it's a joke. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the difference between our generation. That's a big difference. <laughs> I will give that to you. Because <laughs> I see so many things on Twitter where it's like, when, you, when you're when you paying to go to your therapist to lie. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's... Getting 5150 is, like, a real issue for your generation. Oh, it is. Most of my friends have gotten 5150. That's really terrible. But, like, most of my girlfriends have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, now I feel weird getting back into Porky's. But, um, I'm surprised this didn't end up with anybody killing themselves. Like, I'm sure one of them would be dead by the end. Oh. Like, dead poets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Well, right. I mean, um, Mickey, the... The, the blonde yeah. who keeps going back to Porky's. So... Well, him, he was a wacko. Yeah. Well, I think that he was driven to... So he was wronged, right? Like, he... In a way... I mean, you're underage kids sneaking into a bar, trying to pay for sex, uh, which is rumored to happen at Porky's. But mm -hmm. we don't know for sure that it happens at Porky's. It's a strip club. So... But th those are that's just what boys say to other boys to get their hopes up, or rumors that they start so that little boys will come and spend their money. Yeah, so, you know, uh, obviously the way Porky treats them is cruel, but and, and he's a, a power figure, and he's a redneck, you know, and all of those things. And, that, and that's the other thing that's really fascinating about this. So the, the genre that Animal House sp spawned was slobs versus snobs, okay? Mm -hmm. So that set off this era of, you know, the entitled rich people versus the schlubs. And you saw that in Caddyshack. That was a slobs versus snobs movie. So that was a formula that worked. But really, what you see in Porky's is the opposite. These are the entitled rich kids. These kids had a hundred bucks in the 50s? Yeah, I mean, dang. in the 80s, we couldn't have put a hundred bucks together. I don't know, you know, you and your friends who live in a, you know, in, in, in an upper class community could probably put a hundred dollars yeah. together, but this is, you know, 60 years later. So 70 years later, dude, when he walked into Porky's and he was like, I'll take a beer. And they were like, that'll be $1. I was like, what? Yeah. 
$1 beer, that shit's $8 now. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> like a cheap one at a bar. Right. I, I mean, I mean, I was actually surprised at that price because they had dollar beers, like that would be the special in college in the 80s. So I was like, in 50s, beer was a dollar? Like, I don't know, but I think maybe that was the point, is that it was expensive for the kids. Yeah. Because they were overcharging them. Um, but anyway, back to Mickey. That's I just didn't understand him at all. Not even when I was watching this with my best friend's family. Her dad was Oh, you like, watched it with her family? Yeah. Interesting, interesting choice. Yeah, well, because it was her dad. Her dad loves that movie. So he was saying, like, he was like, why does he keep coming back all beat up? Like, he didn't even understand what he was doing. And I was like, he's going back to Porky's, and they're just beating him up again. He's like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. He's just going. Yeah. Um... And then anytime they would be like, no, don't go, he'd get all mad and get in the car and go again. Like, what? Yeah, because he, because he had, this is, and this is part of what this is perpetuating, this idea that if you are a man, that you cannot rest until, you know, you, you, you can't be knocked down, you can't be emasculated, right? And so what Porky did was sort of take him down a notch amongst his friends he was going he was trying to be like look what i'm gonna do for my friends we've got all this money and we're gonna i'm gonna get all my friends laid and then he what did he do porky humiliated him so he had to keep going back and keep going back to try and make it right so that is um so that's what mickey was doing and I'm grateful that they cut out all the scenes of him trying to take them on, and he just came back bloody because I really would have been bored by all that. But <laughs> I think that was some good editing if they ever did shoot that. But he kept getting worse and worse and kept going back again and again until they could finally one-up Porky, which is hard to believe a police officer, even how irritated he might have been at those rednecks on the other side of the line, you know, would... Shoot up their car? Would shoot up their car, another cop, and, like, feel... I don't know. I mean, again, cops feel out of control now. And in the 80s... I I mean, I worked for a police station in Columbia, Missouri when I was in college, and there was none of this, and there weren't negative relations with the police then. (laughs) We were in a positive police time, so... um, I, I don't know, but like maybe in the so so maybe in the fifties there was so little communication between departments you could do something like that to another cop. Um, I'm not saying that the story is authentic. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We don't have to have that for a movie, but it. But you said that that in the end the cop is the hero of the entire film. Yeah, and that surprised you to see a positive. But they also had the negative police representation. Well, yeah, but, and also with that, I mean, I hated that other police guy. Like, you can't just break something and then charge someone for it especially if they're not gonna have any money for it it's stupid but yeah but yeah the cop did come out a hero even though he was was he mickey's brother yeah yeah what i don't and can we also talk about timmy who like is racist because of his father yeah 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 (laughs) like what and then he's best friends with the jewish kid like at the end at the end end. yeah so it's uh, Actually, when I mentioned to someone that we were doing this podcast, a guy, he said, what, you know, first he was like, what do you mean? What could possibly be wrong with that? They have a, you know, positive storyline about <laughs> overcoming racism. And I was like, oh, okay, that no one remembers, for the record, that is not anyone's takeaway from this film, and why is that? So you, so yes. He wasn't even in the, the movie. Like, Timmy was barely even in it. Yeah, except to show that... 
there that there was racism yeah. and that where do you get racism from or bigotry or prejudice you get it from your parents your alcoholic father who beats you <laughs> your screw up dad who's in jail yeah i mean like that that it's lowbrow so again though what is this it's it's the snobs versus slobs where the snobs are winning so the educated um rich kids no more than the low class, you know, and this is in the fifties. He's on a motorcycle. That was the, the, the bad boys of the fifties. These were the criminals were the ones that were on motorcycles. And that's who Timmy's dad is, um, Kavanaugh. And they're all Irish too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. They're all Irish, which is also interesting. And I'm going to speak out of like, without all my historical references, because by, you know, the, the, the Irish came to America, and they were the ones getting all the prejudice. No one wanted the Irish here when the Irish came. No one. And then they became cops because, like, that was the jobs that they could get because they couldn't get hired. And I guess this is also saying, hey, you know, when <laughs> when the tide turns, they're just as equally happy to punch down, you know, and be the bigots themselves. I don't know. But, yeah, they were all Irish in this story. One other through line with this film... Um, that connects to all the Irish kids is how many black people did you see in this movie? I thought I saw one. Oh yeah, you saw one. <laughs> the giant African Zulu, I think is how he was described. Timmy called him the N-word. Then they said Negro, which is an, oh, you know, a colored guy. person, which is in the 50s yeah. how they were referred to. But um, Oh yeah, he's supposed to kill them, huh? Yeah, he's in on the prank. So so it's it's like a positive negative, right? Yeah. It's like the backhanded compliment or the the passive aggressive joke. So the positive side is is that this is the 50s. There definitely was a color divide. There definitely was prejudice and but you're making this movie in the 80s and to 80s audiences. So they find a big black guy who's going to come in and scare all of the guys who are naked waiting in line, they think, to have sex. But what it perpetuates is this idea that black men are scary. Yeah. And you see that messaging over and over in, you know, in films of this era as well. And so it's better in the sense that he's in on the joke. So that's a step up from Animal House. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I guess we'll take it. I don't know. But, you know, but it still just kind of gives you the message that that's... You know, it couldn't yeah. be a big white guy or anything else. Like yeah. It had to be someone of a different race to instantly know that you should be terrified. Yeah. Now, Mr. Carter, I know this is completely unorthodox, but I think this is the only way to find that boy. Now, that penis oh. had a mole on it. I'd recognize that penis anywhere. In spite of the juvenile sneakers of some, this is a serious matter. That, that seducer and despoiler must be stopped. He's extremely dangerous. And, Mr. Carter, I'm certain that everyone in this room knows who that is. He's a contemptible little pervert who's... Mr. Bowlbreaker. Well, I'm sorry. But I've got him now, and I'm not going to let him slip through my fingers. Okay? <laughs> now, all I ask is 
that you give me five boys for a few minutes. <laughs> the coaches can be present. Tom Turner and any four boys you see fit to choose. And we... And we... can put a stop to this menace. And it is a menace. Um, grabbing onto a child's penis. <laughs> uh, that was pretty whack. It, it, it was. That was obviously the joke. I mean, here, they've been making fun of Ballbricker, right? Miss Ballbricker, uh, the whole time for being fat. I have to say, like, she really wasn't that fat. You know no. what I mean? Like, she kind of has a body type that no, exists. She has an Olga body type. Yeah, I mean, that's just whatever. But, like, she wasn't really fat, but whatever. They make fun of her the entire film for her being fat, part of the... And then back to the girl in the shower. How do they cast these parts? I feel bad for these act- actresses. We need you to be naked and to show, <laughs> you know, your your and your butt and then to be made fun of you're the joke because you're so fat and it's so unappealing that we're going to make fun of you and then ultimately peewee calls her a fat ass right like how do you cast that role how do you you know like i just think the actresses who are they may be in on the joke but it's still their bodies you know and it's still again sending that message out that you know, that, that any, you know, if you're fat or you have weight on you, there's something wrong with you. You're a disaster. Nobody wants you. You're, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've always had this thought, like, Ugly Betty. Uh-huh. Like, why would you want to play Ugly Betty? Well, American Ferreira is really not ugly. And no, I know, her, but I'm right, saying, right. like, why would you want to play Ugly <laughs> right, Betty? Right, right. And she was kind of, she wasn't fat, but she was chunky, which yeah. kind of led to fat because she's ugly. So, you know, like, yeah. it's it's one of those things where you have to be secure enough with yourself to take on this role and be as professional as you can to be a fat ass. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's got to be hard. But this idea, like, you know, they definitely put out there that, right, the the girls who are skinny are attractive. This is what leads to my own body issues now. I'm so glad if, I, if I'm... There's only one thing that I appreciate about Kim Kardashian, and that is that who's mainly a menace to society. But it's basically that she's made having a larger body type acceptable and having a large butt okay you know and but I didn't grow up in that environment and it's really hard for me to you know it was hard for me then and I'm not fat you know but it but that criticalness so you saw that like Kim Cattrall who is super skinny has no butt you know Mm -hmm. like she's so thin but that was the ideal and that having no body fat was the ideal and who can compete with that not many you know and that's the insecure world that the girls lived in who grew up in their formative years in the 80s. You should have just dated a black guy. Well, I did, but... Because <laughs> they appreciated me in the 80s. They did. I know. <laughs> I definitely had lots of offers. Um, so the thing is, the success of Porky's... You know, and this is coming off of... They weren't the only ones. And there were these kinds of films that were in the pipeline. And, it, you know, it came from... There were two, there were, this kind of brings together two things. There was this sort of raunchy comedy and the so wrong comedy that was happening of the era. Um, and then you also had the 50s, the throwback to the 50s you, with Happy Days and American Graffiti. And there was this nostalgia for the 50s, kind of like we have right now for the 80s. But right. there was this nostalgia period and they started to make films about it, Greece. And 
And my belief is with Porky's is that they've that that probably the way this got greenlit was looking at the success of Greece in '78 and saying, okay, we see that you know high school stories are now becoming a thing, which we know in the '80s. Before that, there really weren't very many high school stories. American Graffiti, and we have, uh, and we have Animal House. This we just mash up this formula and we've got a winner, right? And they were right. They they did. Um, but what it spawned from this, this is not a good film overall. It might be funny. It might make you laugh, but it, no, it didn't make me laugh, but it might make you, the listener, laugh. Um, but it changed filmmaking to where studio executives were just looking for gross out, raunchy movies. Uh, there's a great article that you can find in the LA Times from 1985, uh, uh, writing about how studio executives wanted block, what they call block comedies. We wanted five big comical moments that were like about flatulence or fellatio or sex or, you know, all of these like dumb comedy moments. They didn't even care what the story was, didn't matter. They just want to make sure they had their big five comedy moments in the film. And that's what launches everything you see between 1982 and, you know, through 1985. Most of that, you, you, you can see the, where all of that connects and all of that happens. And then you have all of these teenagers who are growing up on those films because, of course, it wasn't just that when it came in the theater and had an R rating and it, you know, maybe starred teenagers, or, you know, had teenage characters. So you were inclined to go see it. If you couldn't see it in the movie theater, you'd see it on HBO. And it would run on HBO forever, you know, over and over. And no one's parents were home. And by the way, in the 80s, your parents were doing their own thing. They didn't care. So everyone was just watching these films. No one was thinking about, like, the impact or influence. And that is how you get the Me Too movement. <laughs> I'm Tara McNamara. I'm Marley Roberts. This is 80s Movies, a guide to what's wrong with your parents. Follow us on social media. At 80s Movie Guide. And visit our website. Yep, the website's 80moviesguide.com. Goodbye.